Good morning, everybody. My name is Rupert. I'm one of the elders here at CCIC South Valley. Great to have you here with us on this hybrid worship service. Let me ask you, how do you keep going through all of life's challenges and yet remain undaunted? That's what I'm going to talk about this morning. And today's title, To Be an Undaunted People. Undaunted, I check dictionary. According to the dictionary, that means not intimidated or discouraged by difficulty, danger, or disappointment. According to this definition, can you think of any people who are like this? Don't tell me Dan or Elder Ken, okay? Think about it. I, I mean, here, I, I, I can give you a picture. They are beaten over the head, knocked down, verified, and for years, they got nowhere. But every time they are knocked down, they stand up, and at the end of their life, they have accomplished some modest part of the, what they set out to do. Undaunted. Now, can you think of any people who are like this? How about this? Abraham Lincoln. Think about this. He overcame so much in his life. Overcame some pretty bad political defeats. He even his own chronic depression. A nation that was even more divided than our nations now, right? And yet, and yet, he was undaunted through all those difficulties and discouragement. And he went on to become, by any reckoning, the greatest U.S. president ever. Agree? Agree? Hey, respond, right? Yeah. How about people in the Bible? The Apostle Paul, who in my opinion would be the worst, greatest example of the ever been undaunted. Let me read you just some of his own story in his own world from the book of the Second Corinthians in the Bible. He says, I have been put in prison, whipped times without number, which that means, in other words, you know, great injustice. Face death again and again. He says, three times I was beaten with drugs. Once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked. Over, I spent a whole night and day adrift at sea. I have to face danger from rivers, dangers from the robbers, danger in the cities, danger in the desert, on the seas, danger from the men who claim to be believers, but I'm not. 
I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food. I have traveled in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. And he didn't even mention he had a painful eye disease. He doesn't even mention the fact that his reputation was slandered all over the world. And yet, and yet, he just keep doing the cell battery, keep going and going and going and going, being undaunted. And the book of the Bible where we learn how he did is the book of the second Corinthians. And do we need that right now? Yeah, right? I mean, that, you know, look at the headline this year or last year, whatever. Everybody talking about what? Pandemic. You got the positive, negative, or talking about economic, talking about civil unrest, talking about tsunami. It's a couple of days. Uncertainty about the future. If all of these headlines that we are swept through every single day are make you feel kind of disoriented and you need the hope, I believe this book of the Bible is for you. Check this out. The world confident appears several times in the book of 2 Corinthians. And yet, I believe if you read the Bible, you could say that the suffering, suffering is really in many ways the theme of the book, right? Eight chapters of the Second Corinthians, eight chapters, more than half of the book, are description of the Paul's difficulties, troubles. And it is this juxtaposition of the sense of the confident in the face of the danger with all of the this description of difficulty that really characterized this very unique book in the Bible. Like, for example, 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. Paul say, we are hard pressed on every side. Let me pause here for a second. The original Greek language word this used for hard pressed literally means Pleasure. Like uh, when you go to Hawaii, you have the school diving, or you swimming underwater, then you feel pleasure or of the water all around you, right? Right? Anybody feel pleasures during this pandemic? Yeah. Maybe a little bit, maybe if a young man, it's okay, young lady. And then he says, We are perplexed, perplexed, confused. Like, what is God doing? Why God didn't stop this virus? What's going on here? I'm confused. Anybody feel confused today? Yeah, right? And yeah, he say, I was persecuted. I was persecuted, you know. You know, malad or marginalized just because your belief system. And I think many people feel like this today. Strike down. That's an interesting word, strike down. The original Greek word is the same root word from our 
English word catastrophe, catastrophe. See, you know what I mean, right? Catastrophe. Like, like see, like a pandemic, hurricane, earthquake, flood, tsunami. You know, this. Paul said, "Hey, hey, 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 hey! I'm an apostle. I was called by God. I was on mission from God, and yet, and yet, I'm not immune from these difficulties." The point here is, dear brother and sister, even good Christians are not immune from all these things. Amen. Yeah, we are not immune, and yet he says, "I'm not crashed. I'm not in despair. I'm not destroyed. I'm not abandoned." See what? See that? This is, he, he is really totally transparent about his suffering. He is totally open about his difficulties. And yet, he is also feeling totally confident in the midst. He is not even thought yet, right? Still keep going and going, still like that. He's feeling confident in the midst of them. Why? Why is he not crashed, not despair, not abandoned, not destroyed? Why not? That's why we want to find out. That's why I'm gonna start this series in Chinese congregation. But today, definitely, I cannot go over whole series here. What I'm to do today is give you kind of a Overview, kind of a peek into Paul's mind and what kept him going. An overview of four of the major themes of this book in the Bible, Second Corinthians. You know what? I would encourage you go back to read this book, especially in this time. That's gonna be good. You know, you know. I think you're gonna go in to really love this and benefit from it. So, maybe give you some little background about this book as we, we started again. To Paul, the Corinthian Christians were kind of like, a, like his rebellion teenager. You know what I mean? They are giving you so much trouble. I'm not saying you teenagers give you parent trouble, okay? I say, they, okay? Okay, don't. Don't put it in there, okay? And it starts in about 51 AD. Paul's first visit to the ancient city of Corinth, where he planned the church. Now, after he leaves, he heard about a moral problems in that church. And so he writes them his first letter, which is now lost to us. He basically says, hey, guys, you've got to shut up. Well, the Corinthians resent him for this letter. And so he writes his second letters. This one is in our Bible as a first Corinthians. And the theme is unity. He 
keep saying, listen, hey guy, listen. Let's unite in love with one another. Let's get past this division. Yet, somehow, that they to only succeed in tickling them up even further. So, Paul make his second in-person visit. Make things get worse. And so, he writes a third letter, which we also don't have in our Bible. And this letter was delivered by Titus, who was serving his assistant. And finally, Titus bring back the good news. And he say, hey, I think this time they are starting to turn around. I think these Corinthians are starting to mature. And so Paul writes them his fourth letters. And that's what we have in the Bible as a book of the second Corinthians. Why should I tell you all of this background? Well, because all these backgrounds is why this letter is so personal and so emotional. If you read it, you can sense that it's so personal and so emotional. What we have in this letter is kind of a, like, a, like, a, like a, if you have a kids or teenage or kind of a kind of a rebellion or kind of a resentful for a little bit, and then you you just finally you get to the point. Where you say, come on, sit down. Listen, just sit down. Let, let's have a heart to heart. Let me tell you, let me tell you some story about me. Times I really mess up. Times I was so discouraged. I, I, I don't know if I would make it to the end of the day. But, but I made it. And you know what? I think you are going to make it too. I I, I would say that I'm so glad this letter in the Bible. Because you see more of the post in the thought process here than you do in any of other his letters. What you see is what I call Four core beliefs of undaunted people. These are four themes all throughout this letter. Really what we are seeing in 2 Corinthians is what makes Paul tick. And these themes are worth studying, really, because they, they do really work, all right? They work for Paul. They went through all the steps that we just reviewed, and they work for millions after him who were inspired by these thoughts. So I hope you were inspired by this thought and make it you up undaunted. Okay? So if you are thinking, how can I make it to the end of the 2022? How can I make it to the end of this year? These are really Worth to check it out, okay? Let's get into it right now. Okay, number one, no matter how big things get, 
I know, I know God wins. No matter what. This is a core belief of undaunted people. For example, tomorrow is what? Martha Luther King's holiday. Talking about Martha Luther King Jr. Okay? How would he stay undaunted through all of his, his hatred and opposition that he was thrown his way? Think about that. Right? He gave us a little peek into his spirit in his Nobel Prize acceptance speech. And here is part of what he said. Listen to this. I refuse to accept this despair as final response to the ambiguous of the history. I believe that unconditional love will have the final word in reality. This is why right temporary defeated is stronger than evil triumph. I believe, I still believe that one day, one day mankind will bow before the altar of God and the Nile and the Lamb shall lie, lay down together and every man shall sit under his own vine and fig tree and no one shall be afraid. I still believe that we still overcome, we shall overcome, he said. This faith can give us courage to face the uncertainty of the future. Do you see what I'm getting at? This is how an undaunted people think. Are you getting that? And this is how the Apostle Paul thought. He said this, You know, God who raised the dead can rescue us, he said. He did rescue us, and he will do it again. We have to praise our hope in him, that he will do it again. Now, I want you to look at this, his thought process here. He said, God, who raised the dead. For Paul, I think you will all go back to that, this historical event. He said, hey, remember that crucifixion? Remember that? It looks really bad, bleak then, right? In fact, the Bible even said that the light of the, light of the sun got very, very dim that day, afternoon. And yet, but now, God raised Jesus from the dead. And what Paul is getting is, he says, that says the template for how God works. He takes our crucifixions, which are real and hurt, but he is the God who raised the dead. And so he takes our crucifixion and turns them into resurrection. In what way? I don't know. Some of you may have heard this sister, Bentley Hamilton. Yeah, some of her. Yeah, if you like serving, you know this. At 13 years old age, she had her arm bitten by a shark while serving. And yet, he remained undaunted, went on to become a champion surfer. Not only that, and later, become the leader of an amazing Christian ministry. 
Amazing. And here is what she said. She said, when I was 13 years old, life kind of came to a halt, and I lost my arm to a shark surfing out in Hawaii. And that was definitely a huge obstacle I had to overcome. And you know, at the time, I did have the relationship with God, which was something that really carried me through this obstacle that I had to overcome. And it is just amazing to look back on it now and just see how good God has seen, have been in my life and how he can take what seems like something so awful and turn it into something so beautiful. And today, I am a professional surfer and suffer, and motivational speaker. And I got to share my story with people all over the world, and more importantly, share Jesus Christ and his love for them. Yes, it is amazing to see how an obstacle can turn your life upside down, but turn into something totally awesome. Did you get what he said? She said, it is amazing to see how God can take something so awful and turn it into something so beautiful. And Paul is saying, that's how God always works. That's how God always works. Even if you don't see it in this lifetime, he eventually will redeem and resurrect you through every one of those hurt. This is how Paul could say, for our lives and momentary troubles are they are momentary, but they are real, right? And they really hurt, but they are achieving for us what? An eternal glory that far outweighs them all. God will win. God will win. So Chinese come out. So he so he said. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Now, don't miss this. Well, what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. So fix your eyes on what is unseen, on Jesus. On Jesus. Step just Domain scroll throughout, you know, all the latest news headline on your phones. Because when you fix your eyes on Jesus Christ, no matter how much pressure I feel, I'm skilled in God's grace. Now focus on this for a second. Often what draining energy from us is the time of the crisis is this feeling of I'm just 
spiritual exhausted, right? I have been trying so hard to be good, trying to be a good Christian, and yet it never seems like it's enough. Not enough. I'm trying, 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 but still not enough. And we start thinking one of two things. Either maybe I'm going through all these troubles because God's punished me. I haven't been good enough. God punished me. Or we think, I have been so good enough. I have been so much better than so-and-so. But this is for nothing. Look at all the trouble in my life. Why I have been so good, yet I don't get better life. We have these two thoughts. Listen, this is why one huge key to overcome despair in tough time, just realize our faith. Remember, our faith is not transactional. You know what I mean? It's not transactional. It's not like you go to Trader Joe, you buy something, and you pay money. Oh, you know, it, it's not like uh, we buy a good life with our good behavior. No. Our faith is 100% of God's grace, purely God's grace. That means we did nothing, we did nothing to deserve it. God just loved us so much that he atoned for us through the sacrifice of Christ on the cross. I hope I made it clear. And, and now I'm skilled in his hands. And anything good in my life is just from my father's loving hand. I don't deserve anything. But God has been so gracious to me. Paul was all about this. You see, it all through the book of 2 Corinthians, all through of his letters, actually. But look at chapter 1, verse 21. He said, now it is God. It is God, okay? It's not you. It is God who make both us and you stand firm in Christ. Watch this. He anointed us. That's past. He chose us to be saved, and in a relationship with him, he set his seals of ownership on us. This is present. He has secured us in him, and he put spirit in our heart as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. This is future. See that? My eternity destiny, eternal destiny is secure. In Jesus Christ. Past, present, and future. It, it, it's total package. And I'm, I tell you, it cannot be lost. It cannot be lost. Because what? Because I did nothing to earn it in the first place. Right? I did nothing. That brings a relaxed confidence when you are in danger in crisis. Example. You know, in our Bay Area, we got the beautiful Golden Gate Bridge. Remember that? And I read about the construction workers in the beginning, building the Golden Gate Bridge. 
it's, you know, in the beginning it's okay, but they don't they figure out, you know, the process is going slow and slow. Why? Because sadly, a couple of the men fell off the girders to their death in the bay far, far below. It just dropped it. The people are scared. So they slowed down the process. And then they installed the giant safety nets underneath that. And you know what happened? Production boomed because they feel safe. And I heard that, you know, not even one person ever fell into the net by accident. No. You know, that's the effect of the grace. That's the effect of the grace. Kind of a relaxed confidence and competence. And this is all through Second Corinthians. Again, I love this verse. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him the amen is spoken by us to the glorifier of God. Do you get what Paul is saying here? No matter how many promises God has made. In other words, in general, the promises of his provision, his presence, his power, all those promises all throughout the scripture. Those are, in essence, yes, yes to us in Christ. They are yes and amen. I think the, then you know, song, you got the one song is yes and amen, right? That's a great song. Yeah, it's a great song, actually. Written by, about this verse called Yes and amen. I don't know how many people. Uh, yes. Look at this deep. You know. Father of kindness, you have poured out grace. You brought out me out of darkness. You have filled me with peace. Giver of mercy, you are my help in time of need because he is gracious. Though I can't help but sin in faithful you are. Faithful forever you will be, faithful you are, because all your promises are yes and amen. All your promises are yes and amen. Dear brothers and sisters, when I suck in God's grace, that brings relax. Relax! Easy fearlessness, confidence. Then, the third core belief of an undaunted people People, no matter how things change, I have a purpose. I have a purpose given by God. You know, everybody know this one, this person? Yeah, Chadwick Bosman. In the movie Black Panther, you know, this Christmas I kind of watched this, you know. He passed away tragically from colon cancer on August 28th. 2020. Bad, really sad. Many fellow actors and other celebrities pay tribute to Bosman on social media following the announcement of his death, include a number of the, his Marvel's Cinemas Universe co stars This guy, Marvel Studio President and CCO, Kevin, called Bosman's death 
absolutely devastating. And he said, each time he stepped in, stepped on stage, he radiated Christmas and joy. And each time he appeared on screen, he created something truly indelible. And apparently, he had been suffering really painful, suffering with this cancer for at least for the last four years. And only his closest friends and family knew what got him through all this amazing role. When he was in such pain, what made him undaunted? Well, you know, I don't know, even though he was Christian. And he talked often about his faith. For example, in 2018, he delivers the commencement address at his alma mater, Howard University. Oh, some people know that. Okay, it was full of scripture and Christian concepts. Listen to some of what he said. Graduating class, hear me well on this day. This day, when you have reached a hilltop and you are deciding on next jobs, next steps, career, further education. You would rather find purpose in a job or career. As God says in Jeremiah, I know the plan I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. If you are willing to take the harder way, the one that has ultimately proved to have more meaning, you will not regret it. Because when God has something for you, it doesn't matter who stands against it. In other words, knowing what you have purpose given to you from God, that's going to get you up in the morning, that's going to help you stay undaunted. And this is what's important for the Apostle Paul. Watch this. He said, God reconciles us to himself through Christ and gives us the ministry of the reconciliation. That God has reconciled the world to him in Christ, not counting people's sin against him. This is huge. This is very important. It's good news. And he has committed to us the message of the reconciliation, we are therefore, we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, though God were making his appear through us. He had this sense of the mission and purpose. So Paul knew no matter where he was, no matter if he was addressing to kings, which he did in times, or sitting in the then prison cell, which he did at times, he could still stay on mission. No matter what persecution he may face, he still stay on his mission. And guess what? Guess what? If you are a believer of the Christ, you have the same mission as well. Right? No matter what happened to you, please, 
No matter what you have right now, please remember your circumstances are not going to stay longer. In other words, your circumstances are going to change. But, but your mission never changes. Okay? Your, your mission never changes. And that makes you undaunted. Please remember, even if you have that, you had, you, what you had, where you lived, left is a tiny mustard seed of faith. They know into it. They know that. Okay? And our final quick but super important point no matter how overwhelmed I feel, I have God's power. That's very important. Huge core belief of undaunted people. It's a huge theme, actually. It's a huge theme of the Second Corinthians. Look how much Paul emphasized this. He says things like, not that we are competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our confidence comes from God. And again, but we have this treasure in jars of the clay to show that this all surprising, surprising power is from God and not from us. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. The point is, let me ask you, are you, are you strong enough to be undaunted through all of the life's difficulties? Are you? No. Absolutely not. Believe me, none of us. None of us. But as God, absolutely yes. As God, absolutely yes. And so he said, just lean on me. Lean on me. And let me carry you. This is very important. So let's wrap this up. Look at these four core values. Core beliefs for be core beliefs of undaunted people. Maybe now, maybe you don't feel very undaunted right now. Maybe. You just feel like quitting. If you do, let me just say something. I want to say something to you. I have confidence that God is going to win and triumph in your circumstances in life and through your life. I have confidence. I have utter confidence that you are secure in God's grace and that all of your past problems and mistakes are covered by grace of God. I'm confident that you still have the purpose and a ministry and a mission. I am confident that though you feel so weak right now, even so, you have the power of God within you, the resurrection power. You may ask, how am I confident in these four things? Let me tell you, because God says so. Because God says it's true in God's word, the Bible. 
and because I have seen it to be proven true over and over again. I am confident that because of these four things, you can be undaunted throughout 2022. If you that God will do four things in you and through you. And so, that's that him right now in a world of the prayer. Would you join me in prayer tonight, right now? Our Heavenly Father, I just want to pray for those who are just burned out and exalted right now. May they then in and find strength in you, in your grace and power. Father, during a time where we are faced by so much uncertainty right now, I want to pray that you would give us strength and courage to be undaunted through this trying time to live as an undaunted people. We thank you and we love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.